God good or God good? He is good. Man, excited about today and just about the, the beginnings of this new year. Amen. Thank God for all of our children, the blessings on their life, being trained the Word of God. Amen. <clears throat> so, we came out of our series uh, this last, this month entitled Believe. And um, today I'm, I'm just, it, it's, it, it's kind of the beginning of our, our series for January, but uh, we'll call it a pre-launch. <laughs> um, just going to, you know, all the month of, of January we talk about vision. You know, all the month of January in, in every service we talk vision. You can't get enough of vision. Bible says where there is no vision, people perish. Where there's no redemptive revelation of God, people don't they, they, they don't know where they're going. And so many people on planet Earth have no vision and have no understanding of why they're here. M- most people don't know why they're on the planet. They think they do, and 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 many people think that you know their their education or or their career, the goals that they have, that they've set in life, have everything to do about why they're here. But, you know, the Bible's clear that God had a plan for our life even before we were. And, 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 and the church's responsibility to understand the church of Jesus Christ is to understand God through His Word and what His purpose is in the earth. And it's the church's responsibility to teach people how to find what God had for them. Just because you were born doesn't mean you were born into the understanding of His plan for your life. He set it up this way. He said that before the foundation of the world, He had a plan for our lives. The Bible's clear about that. How can that be? In the natural, it doesn't even make natural sense. I'm telling you today that that's God's plan for our life. God had a plan for you and I before we were. And it wasn't a bad plan, right? Jeremiah, in the book of Jeremiah, it says he had a plan for us and it was a plan for good and not evil with an expected end. God's whole plan for our life is all good. Everybody say good. Not bad. There's, there's nothing bad planned. You know, why, why do bad things happen to people? You know, I, there's a saying out there that bad things happen to good people. Well, bad things happen to bad people, right? I mean, bad things just happen. But God is good. Amen? And He's the deliverer. He, he delivers us from anything bad. And what gets people in a pathway of destruction in life starts with wrong thinking. And it's the church's responsibility. We see it all through Scripture that the responsibility of the church is to change our thinking. If our thinking doesn't change, neither will our life change. Neither will we find, if our thinking doesn't change, we will never find what the purpose and the plan that God had for us in the earth. Many people go to the grave never fulfilling what God had for their life. The only way to find that is through the revelation of the Word of God. It's the church's responsibility to make sure that people know how to hear God and how to discern what the Bible is truly saying. It's the church's responsibility. So, 
today I'm, I'm just going to share with you a, a few things that, I, that I'm seeing for this, this new year, this new decade. Um, I have great vision for this, this coming decade like I've never had in my life. I have such strong vision for the next 10 years. And, and the next 10 years isn't the end of my life. Uh, the next 10 years is what I have vision from God about. I, I've never had strong vision for that long of a period of time, but I have really strong vision. And, and, it's, and, and it has so much to do with people discerning correctly the body of Jesus Christ, the church, which is the house of God. The, the Old Testament was the house of God. New Testament is the church, but the church is His body in the earth. And, 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 and it must be discerned. It must be understood. In, in 1 Corinthians 11, it says that, that when people don't discern correctly the body of Jesus Christ and what it is and who it is and that we are it, when you don't understand correctly the body of Jesus Christ, then you remain weak, you remain powerless, and you remain sick. Weak, powerless, and sick. 1 Corinthians 11, go read it. When you don't discern and understand correctly the body of Jesus Christ, you remain weak and powerless and sick. I don't know about you, but I don't know any three worse states to be in in your life. Who wants to be powerless? Who wants to be weak? Who wants to be sick all the time? Not just physically, but in other ways. God wants us to be strong in Him. Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power and the might and His might and ability. It, having confidence in that God has done everything that He said He'll do and that He's empowered us to walk it out day to day. That's what He wants us to understand. 2019, at the beginning of 2019, I shared some things with you about the door of opportunity. You know, when God gives me things about a new year, usually it's in about three or four or five different pieces. And, and it kind of progressively comes. I've always, it's always come to me that way. And um, we talked about the door of opportunity. And later in the month of January, I shared with you, I said something to you that, that I, I really heard God speak to me, that my door of opportunity has always been open. But opportunities come our way and doors are open when, we're op when, when our eyes are open and our, and our perspective in life is prepared and ready to handle those open doors. You know, a door can be open, but you can not walk through it. I'm telling you today that the door of opportunity continues to remain open. Can you say amen to that? I'm believing that we have clear insight into the completion of opportunities that God has given to us. Many people have seen amazing things this year happen in your life. Many people that I know, not, not just here, but are around the world, many great opportunities have come to people, and people have walked through those doors, and, and some of those things haven't been completed yet, but I'm believing that we have clear understanding to know how to walk in and, and, and embrace the opportunities that are there. That's continuing because the doors of opportunity are always open with God. Can you say amen? amen? 
So I want to read you two passages of Scripture that you're going to hear all month long, all this coming month. Um, First one's found in Ezekiel 20 and verse 20. And it's in, this is in the New Living Translation. And he said, And keep my Sabbath days holy, for they are a sign to remind you that I am the Lord your God. Keep your Sabbath days holy. What Sabbath days? These days. Discerning why we, we connect to what God has called the church. Not coming to church, being the church, right? To be the church, you have to be where you're connected and where the word is preached. And and when when you consider that holy and you take it serious and you don't underestimate it, it's a sign to you that God is really God. Because you believe in you, you, you believe in what He has set up to empower you to overcome, to walk through the doors of opportunity, to, to, to fulfill the purpose and the plan that He put you on planet Earth for. That's where you get that. That's why you cannot underestimate the power of the preached Word. You can't underestimate it. The other verse of Scripture I'm going to read, I'm going to read it in the New King James and then in the New Living, is 2 Chronicles 20.20. So they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O O Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe in His prophets, and you shall prosper. I like the last part of that in the New Living Translation where it says, Believe in the Lord your God and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in His prophets and you shall succeed. When you take those two passages that I've shared with you here, Ezekiel 20, 20 and, and um, Jeremiah 20, I mean uh, uh, 2 Chronicles 20, 20, when you look at both of these, Something that is stronger today in me than, than ever before, and I see for this next decade, is that God doesn't want the church to apologize for being the church. God doesn't want us to back up from being the church. And it's one thing to say, I believe that there's a God. The devil believes in God. It's another thing to believe the spoken word from those who bring the word from the church world. It's another thing to believe in those who bring the word and preach the word to you and then it develops a relationship with God because the New Living there said, you shall succeed when you believe the word that's preached. That's where you succeed. Many people believe 
Many people believe in God. But it's another thing to believe God as a result of what you hear. It's not enough to just hear it. What I'm sharing with you today, what I share with you every week, what I share with you all the time, you have to take that and you have to allow the Holy Spirit to show you that that Word is true. And when we believe the Word that is spoken, it causes success in our life. There's something about not devaluing the coming together, the days of the Sabbath, the days of us coming together and hearing the Word and connecting with one another. If we devalue that and not see the value that's there, then we won't put value in the Word that we hear preached. And when we don't put value in the Word preached, what this is saying here is, that you won't succeed. God set it up that you can't just know Him the way He wants you to know Him by you just studying and reading your Word. You have to, by faith, get up and show up and come and put stock in what you believe that you're hearing and put faith in the Word that you're hearing and allow the Holy Spirit to show you that it's true. Something about that that a lot of the world underestimates. They underestimate. I'm just kind of talking to you today. We're not going to underestimate. We're successful people. We're people that are succeeding. Why? Yeah, it's all because of God but it's because we've taken His process and we're believing in it. Not going to back away from it. Just follow with me in a few scriptures. I'm just sharing with you a couple here and there. There's a passage in uh, Colossians 4 and 17. Colossians 4 and 17. That's in the NIV. Do you have that? Tell Acrippus, see to it that you complete the ministry that you've received in the Lord. That you complete it. The other thing that I keep seeing, and you saw it on our, our, our Word First uh, advertisement there, that 2020 is the year of of perfect and complete. God, God doesn't want His people starting things and not completing. He doesn't want us living our lives, you know, going halfway and then not following through with it. His desire is that we complete the things that we start. Can you say amen? In James chapter 1, and I'm going I'm to read a few verses here, there's something here in everything else that I've said that I feel like is this passage really brings it together. And um, it's where I got that perfect and complete from um, in in, in one of these verses of Scripture. He said in uh, James 1 and 2, My brethren, 
Count it all joy when you fall into various trials knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work. Let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. That you be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. I believe that this coming decade, you know, to, to enter into a place of lacking nothing, you have to develop a life of faith and patience. Not just patience. And a lot of people think that patience is kind of sitting around just waiting for something to happen. When true patience is waiting, patience in God is waiting and listening and doing only what God says. I'm telling you, that's a full-time job. To learn to wait and be patient for the things that He has for us because, why? Because what we want, many times, we don't have the character in place to be able to receive what we think we want. We think we can handle it. God knows better. I'm telling you, He saved our hind end many, many times when we didn't get what we wanted when we wanted it. But when we stay with Him and we stay developing it, that perfect patience, that, that perfect time period of patience produces the perfect and complete lacking in nothing. Because the word perfect there is not perfect like there's no room for change. That word perfect there is developed maturity. When you develop and you mature internally, then you're able to handle what you're believing God for on the outside. Most people are not ready to handle it. That's the purpose of the church. That's the purpose of the preached word. People underestimate the power of the preached word. The preached word has the ability to change things inside of you if you choose to embrace it and do something with it. The preached word won't change anybody if the person doesn't learn to do something with what they hear. God wants us maturing. God wants you and I to be people that are perfect and complete, lacking in nothing, but to get to that place, there has to be literally years of development. And I'm, not, I'm, I'm not talking about from this point on. I'm talking about there has to be years of development of you really believing in the Word of God because the, the, the amazing thing about God's Word is that, that everything is line upon line and precept upon precept. You, you can see a passage of Scripture today that you have revelation in, that you saw it 10 years ago, but it says something totally different today. See, because, because God never puts it all on us, He just develops it a little bit at a time. It's one step at a time. And as, that, as things develop and as things increase in our life, we prepare ourselves to receive all that God has. Then what opens up into our life is the revelation from God that we can handle. When God can trust you, release comes. Until we can be trusted, all you're going to do is just squander it and do crazy things with things that God gives you. I'm not just talking about in the material realm. I'm talking about understanding and wisdom. 
You have to have that more than just knowledge. Knowledge is one thing, and we thank God for it, but it's the wisdom that is the principal thing. And what is wisdom? It's what's extracted from the knowledge that we get. Most people don't understand that. I promise you, university doesn't teach you that. They never taught me that. Schooling doesn't teach you that. That's a church's responsibility. I mean, you can go to a Christian university or whatever, and they may teach you some things about that, but that's the, res- the responsibility of the church to teach you how to hear God and how to discern what the truth of the Word is really trying to say and get over to you. He wants to teach us how to allow His Word to open our eyes so that we can see clearly the opportunities and the changes that need to be made and, and, and what, the direction that God wants us to go. The, the, the purpose and the plan that He had for us before the foundation of the world, He wants you to find that right where you're at. Finding that is not necessarily moving to some new place. Finding that is through the revelation of His Word. And if we underestimate that, and we don't take that serious, we'll miss it. Amen? I'm dedicated in this next decade to make sure that people get it. That people finish. People finish what they've started. Things that they've started, they're finishing it. In Jesus' name. Can you say amen to that? I'm telling you this today. so that you can embrace it. You've heard me read this passage of Scripture as of late, but it's Romans 12, 3. And it talks about that each man has been dealt, each person has been dealt a measure of faith. And, and every human being on planet Earth has been dealt the measure of faith from God. I'm telling you, inside of you, you have the faith to finish what's been started in you. When you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, that was the beginning. If you're not born again, you're sitting in here today, and you're not born again today. When you accept Jesus Christ, it's the beginning. But the moment that you were conceived in your mother's womb, you received a measure of faith every human being has. Every human being out there today has the ability to get born again and to believe God. I'm telling you today, you have the faith to finish what's been started in your life. If you believe that today, just lift your hand and say yes and amen. You have the faith to finish. Glory to God. Amen? The faith to finish. This is what Jesus said. I want to read this in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28. He said, Come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. He was talking about people's laboring in their mind, in their thinking. Their thinking's off. He said, come to me. Who is he? Who is Jesus to us today? When you get born again, You get born again, and who lives inside of you is not the person Jesus, it's the Holy Spirit. We're born again of the Spirit of God. Where's Jesus? He's at the right hand of the Father, representing you and I in all dominion, authority, and power. But to you and I today, Jesus is the living Word. What I'm sharing with you today, when I'm reading these scriptures to you today, that's Him. 
Everything that we talk about, that's why I can't preach a word and not have scripture in it. I can't stand up, what do you even do, talk about politics? Help me, Jesus. Huh? There's no life in politics. No. Jesus and the revelation of who he is is what will change the political world. You understand? People need Jesus. I don't care. You're a Republican, you're a Democrat, you're whatever. People need Jesus. And I promise you, there's no one human being on planet Earth that is the answer for any nation. It's Him. But it's Him in us. Who's the hope of the world? Oh, it's Jesus. No, He said, He said, He said. It's Him in us that's the hope of the world. It's the revelation of His Word becoming real in us that is the hope of the nations. I'm telling you, the world and the nations are changing. Why? Because I am. How about you? That's what He's saying. See, the world can only be changed one person at a time. Not an event, not a crusade. I mean, people can get saved in crusades or those kind of things. But the world gets saved and delivered and set free one person at a time. And it's not just leading people to a, a person to a place of salvation. Don't lead somebody to a place of salvation without, without not taking responsibility to see them grow up. That's why we have to know him. The responsibility isn't on other people to do that. It's on ours. You birth a child, you're going to give it to somebody else to raise it? Absolutely not. Amen? And that's what he's saying to us today. All you who are laboring and trying to make things happen within yourself, come to me. How do we come to him? Through his word. Listen to what's being said. Take the words that you hear preached and do something with them. Spend time meditating. Spend time thanking God that his word is true to you. Thank you, Father, for wisdom and knowledge and understanding. I thank you today, Lord, the situation I'm facing, it's a difficult situation, but Lord, I thank you that your word is true and you'll lead me through every difficult time and to the other side to a place of victory in Jesus' name. It doesn't matter what it looks like. Many of the persecutions that come against the righteous, but my God delivers me from all of them. That's what the Apostle Paul said. And I'm telling you, Paul had some stuff. He went through some things, right? He said, come to me, all you who are, who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. My, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. He said, I'm gentle and lowly. That word lowly there is humble. What will help you to understand the things of God is true humility. Because what keeps you in your soul is pride. What keeps you thinking you know better than God's way is pride. And we all know we have inside of us the Holy Spirit whose first name is <laughs> the Helper. Right? So, I wasn't put here to figure it out on my own. You were not put here on planet Earth to figure things out on your own. You were put here to get help from the helper and then do what the helper says. And when we learn that process and we become convinced of it, that's where we enter this place of rest that he's talking about right here. He said, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
living with God in that place of rest is always easy and light. Where there's heaviness and heavy stuff and feeling like we're pulling ball and chain and those kind of things in life, it's because we're not in Him. We're not in Him. See, all hell can be breaking loose around you and it's easy and light. Why? Because my faith and my trust is in Him. I'm trusting the God inside of me. Not trusting what I can do, what other people can do for me, I'm trusting in Him, in Him alone. Can you say amen? Glory to Jesus. Man! True humility empowers you and I to finish everything that we do strong. True humility. If you don't write anything else down in your mind today, write this down. True humility empowers you to finish strong. Now you've got to break that down and apply that to your life. True humility empowers you to finish strong. So <clears throat> today I want to I want to end what, what I'm going to share with you in John 6. And um, we're going to talk about this kind of from several different angles. The sixth chapter of John is a really long chapter. And, um, but... Jesus always, he, he, would, he would always, now remember, Jesus never said anything except what he got from the Father. How many believe that? He never just said, man, this sounds good. He only got, he only spoke what he heard from the Father. Okay? So, sometimes you think, you know, man, why did he say that? Because all it did is just stir them all up and make them all mad. Well, this day they really got mad, okay? They really got upset with him. And, uh, and, and actually, this was, this was early on. This wasn't something that happened um, like later in, the, in, in, in his three and a half years or three plus years of, of, of his earthly ministry. This was early on in his earthly ministry. And... Uh, what he was doing, I feel like, this is, my, this is my opinion, you go back and read it yourself, and, and I'm going to jump way ahead, but what he was doing is he was, he was preparing them for what his body and his blood were going to produce for them. But he was actually saying it um, before they could handle it. No, why would Jesus do something like that? Because he was teaching them to trust him even when they didn't understand it. Right? Um, you remember when Jesus told Peter? Peter, before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. What was Peter's response? 
What Peter's response could have been, what humility would have said was, okay, everything he says, he hears from the Father. Um, Lord, is there, is there some way for, the, for me not to do this? Instead, what did he say? Man, even if I have to die, I'll never deny you. I mean, and less than 24 hours later, it happened. And when he said that, all the disciples go, yeah, 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 us too. That's right. Bless God. No, we're not, we'll, we'll, we'll go to the death. And within 24 hours, they all left him. See, he knew something. And humility would have said there, and that, that, that breaks my heart thinking that I would deny you. Is there, is there, is there any way to bypass this? What, 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 Lord, what do I need to do? Jesus, what do I need to do here? There could have been another way. But when pride enters in, see, you don't think, you don't, you don't think that that's pride, but what he was saying was he knew better. Remember, Jesus never said something, well, you know, you could. No, he said, you will deny me three times. You will. And humility will empower you to finish strong. We know that Peter repented and did some amazing things in, in his life. We've all made mistakes. We repent it's like it didn't happen. The repentance is not for God. The repentance is for us. Can you say amen? But in this John 6, he said some things to them that were kind of hard for them to understand. It wasn't, he wasn't saying something that was bad. He was saying something that was hard for them to understand. And in verse 60, he says this. It says this. As a result of what he said, about his body and his blood. He said, therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, this is a hard saying. Who can understand it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said to them, does this offend you? So this is something that is hard for them. They're mad, they're angry at how hard it is. They're offended by it. What then if you should see the Son of Man ascend where He was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I'm speaking to you, they are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you who do not believe, for Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe and who would betray Him. And He said, Therefore I have said to you that no one can come to Me unless... It has been granted him by the Father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. In other words, they didn't finish. Why? Because they didn't believe what he said. They considered the saying as a hard saying. And, and what was the saying? The saying was, if you don't eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you can't enter in to the, to, to the kingdom of God in essence. He was saying. What he was doing was preparing them for what he was going to do and accomplish. He kept telling them, listen, I'm leaving you. It's going to profit you that I go. And they kept saying, how can that profit us? Everywhere you go, there's miracles and manifestations of all kinds of things. How can that profit us that you leave? 
He's saying, I have to go because I have to go prepare a place for you at the right hand of the Father so that now on earth you don't have to live here like you're a bunch of orphans. You're here empowered to accomplish on the earth what I put you here to accomplish. Why did that have to happen? Because of what Adam and Eve lost in the garden. They lost the authority and the dominion that God had given them. God didn't take it back. It was stolen because Adam gave in. Can you say amen? So he said, he said, many of the disciples um, went back and walked with him no more. Then Jesus said to his 12, there were the disciples and then there were the 12. Do you also want to go away? Do you also want to leave? You know, Peter said some stupid things at different times, but in this case, he said the right thing. No, you're the living word. What you deliver to us is life. That's what you and I have to believe. See, if not, then we turn away. Many, 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 many people have turned away from the church because things that they heard were too difficult. And if everybody didn't carry them along, then they got offended. I'll just tell you this today. I could follow Fabian around. I could, I'll just pick on Fabian like I usually do. I could follow him around everywhere and do every single thing that he wanted done and he would still find something to be offended with me about. Is that true? Many people have walked away from the church because what they heard was too hard for them. Why? Because they were trying to figure out what was preached with their head. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Easy, light, easy, light. But you've got to learn from him. Then take James 1, what is he saying? Count it all joy when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith is producing something. And the thing that the testing of your faith produces is a, is, is a long-term patience that becomes a way of life that when you can't understand what's going on in your life, you're not going to try to figure it out and make it happen. You're going to trust Him. How many have ever read the book of Job? When you read the book of Job, you read, 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 read. And all through the book of Job, it's why God, why, 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 why. Actually, I told you that was the last passage. Give me a second because I got to find this. I'm going to read this. And it's going to be Job 42, which is the last chapter of Job 42 and verse 1. Chapter after chapter after chapter after chapter after chapter. Why God? 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 Job never cursed God, but he listened to his wife and his friends. 
And God had some things for his friends and could have brought them down, but uh, he empowered Job to forgive them. And then God came to Job and he said, he started asking Job these questions. Gives me chills when I think about it. Job, you weren't there when I created the universe. You weren't there when I parted the waters and, 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 and parted the waters from the land. You weren't there when I hung the moon and the stars in the sky. You weren't there when I put the sun. You weren't there when I did this thing and that thing. You weren't there. And Job repented, kind of, but God wasn't finished, and he kept going. But you weren't there, but you weren't there, but you weren't there. You weren't there. You don't really know it all, Job. You really don't have it all down, Job. I do. And what happened to Job, the book of, the book of Job is about a nine-month period of time. People think it's his whole life. It's about nine months. And when you read toward the end of chapter 42, God brought double to Job. But here's the reason why. Job, if you, if you want to put that up there, Job 42 and verse 1 through 6. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do anything and that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. What does that sound like? Sounds like Luke 1.37 in the NIV. No word from God will ever fail. Job came to a place in those nine months where he realized he never cursed God. But man, did he want to. He couldn't explain it. And so God comes instead of giving him explanation, he just said, listen, where were you? 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 You weren't there. I was. I've got this thing covered. You ask, who is this who hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have uttered what I did not understand. In other words, my mouth has opened and I have said things based on my ignorance. When he said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away, it was stupid. We've had a whole generation of people in the church that have fought about who believes it and who doesn't believe that. God said, I came that you might have life and have it abundant. He's not the taker of it. But Job said some things out of his ignorance. His lack of knowledge. Therefore I have uttered what I did not understand, things too wonderful for me which I did not know. Listen, please, and let me speak. You said, I will question you and you shall answer me. I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. Therefore I abhor myself and I repent in dust and ashes. When we repent, when we humble ourselves under His mighty hand, there's no end to what can happen. I'm telling you, pride puts the brakes 
on destinies being fulfilled. And it's the church's responsibility to teach that. And when I read that out of Ezekiel 20.20 this morning, when you value the Sabbath and you value church for what it is, church is not just some other group that we attend. Well, you don't have time for church because I have to do this other group. No, you can't not do the church. I mean, you do whatever you want. I'm just saying that's what he's saying. You've got to value it. And what, what, what my heart is, what mine and Becky's heart is in this next decade is, 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 is hearing from God in how to preach the word that challenges people to want to value the church. Not devalue it. The church is about the word being preached. The church isn't about who the pastor is or who this is or whatever. The church is about the word being preached. And I value it so much that I realize that people cannot trust God that say that they believe there is a God. The only way they can trust God is if they value church life and what that means in the preaching of the word so that it changes their thinking so that then they believe in that God because, because the Ezekiel 2020 is that it's a sign to you that God is real when you value the Sabbath. It's the key to it. In the John 6, where are we at? Where I was just finishing? It said that all of those disciples, I mean, there were, in, in some of Jesus' meetings, there were tens of thousands of people When I was in Israel, on, and we were down at the, the River Jordan, and we were where the, the Mountain of Beatitudes is, and you're thinking about Jesus preaching from there to the bottom. There's tens of thousands of people on that hill coming down. No sound system, no microphone. And he's preaching to these people. And they got offended by one message. And they quit following him. They drifted. And he asked his disciples. He didn't say, oh, please don't leave me. No. He said, you want to leave? Leave. You're not understanding what I'm saying? I'm not going to be here much longer. You got to get this. You cannot live on planet earth and be effective without the revelation of the word of God. And you'll never get it the way he wants you to get it if you don't value the Sabbath. That's what this year and next decade is about. That we value the Sabbath, we value the word of God, we don't underestimate what the word of God brings to our lives. So that, listen, this isn't something selfish. This is so we can make a difference in other people. This is so we'll pray for other people. You know, um, Shannon was talking about our, what we did for our firemen and as we've done for, 
I, it's, I think it's been almost 15 years now that we've brought the Thanksgiving and Christmas dinners and all the snacks to the firemen and the police department and now to the sheriff's department. And um, we saw on somebody sent a post from the, one, of the, one of the deputies in the sheriff's department uh, g- contacted the flu and it got really bad. He had to go to hospital in San Antonio and, and, and the sheriff here asked for prayer for that deputy. And um, we've invested into them in, in, in ways and, and it's like we have even more authority that we're believing that our words are being heard and they're being accomplished and we declare today that that young man is healed and healthy and whole in his body. Can you say amen to that? We believe that today. See, see, when you hear something, I don't care who it is, when you hear something inside of you, when, when, when you discern and know why you're here, it's for us to take the authority that Jesus has given us that He represents for us at the right hand of the Father and using that authority in the earth. He's given it to us and it's ours to use. But we have to humble ourselves and know that He is the healer. He's the deliverer. He's the one that saves people. He's it, right? Somebody, we're praying for the deputy sheriff, right? And then, see, if you take credit, if his body gets well and you take credit because you prayed, <laughs> no, that's devaluing what Jesus did. You pray and he gets well, it's because of what Jesus did. Did you hear what I said? Yeah, yeah, you prayed and God needs us to pray, but it's got to be that He did it. See, it's because of what He accomplished. So that every time I pray, I pray with expectation to see people healed, but my faith is in Him. I humble myself under His mighty hand. It's happening because of what He did. And we can't lose that focus. That's what this next decade is about. Not losing the focus. Staying committed to what's most important in life. And that is the Word of God. Amen? Heaven and earth will pass away. But His Word will never pass away. Amen? And we declare that we have strong vision. The Bible says, where there is no redemptive revelation of God, people perish. But where there's vision, where there's redemptive revelation of God, people advance. Everybody say, I'm advancing and I'm successful because I believe the Word of God today. Amen? We believe the Word.